I think in across the world, we have a huge self-love problem. <laughs> we, you know, we just, we are not taught to love ourselves. We're not, we're, we, you know, like, it's almost like that's something bad. It's like that's egotistical or something. And, and we don't have a respect for ourselves that allows us to be true and authentic and feel good about ourselves and feel confident. And so human design can help so much with just, and that's one of the early things that, that helped me. It's like, oh, I'm not broken. Okay, I'm, I'm, ac I'm actually okay. You know, I'm okay as who I am. I don't have to be anybody else. I don't have to fix myself. I'm not broken. I'm okay. And, and understanding that I am different and I'm designed to be different. And when I can operate according to my design, then I can be more successful and more at ease and more confident and more um, have a life that's more fulfilling rather than trying to push all the time. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My Seven Chakras, and now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, host and founder of My Seven Chakras, my7chakras.com, the show where we help you calm your mind, relax your nervous system, and experience deep states of bliss. In today's episode, I hope to explore the fascinating world of human design and what it could mean for someone listening to this show right now. We're going to explore the different types within human design, the themes, the strategies, and all the energetics that can help a person make the right decision and thrive in their lives and soul's purpose as well. We're going to get started in a minute. So if you like the work that we do, then make sure that you support our efforts by hitting the subscribe button on your Apple device or maybe hitting follow on Spotify because that does something special to the algorithm. And it lets uh, the platform know that you are enjoying the show. So make sure that you hit subscribe, hit follow. And make sure that you tell at least one friend or family member about this particular episode. All right. With that being said, let's bring on our special guest for today, Evelyn Levinson. Despite several college degrees, including an MBA and much business success, Evelyn struggled for years to find her true calling. She knew that there was more that she could do and really wanted to do. She just didn't know what it was. And finally, she found human design, a system with profound knowledge about our personalities and relationships and life paths and soul mission. She found clarity and purpose and self-confidence and a new direction. So she became certified, a specialist to help others to discover their personality traits, their purpose and their unique self-empowerment. And she has given thousands of professional uh, level human design readings and is constantly astounded at the accuracy and deep insights and practical solutions that it provides for living a fulfilling and successful life. Now, 
she is a projector type in the human design system, which I am as well, which is why I was so fascinated and intrigued and I wanted to have her on our show. And she recently published a book for projector types called Becoming an Empowered Projector. So Evelyn, it's so great to have you on our show. Thank you, AJ. Delighted to be here. Amazing, amazing. So, you know, just for some context for our listeners as well, the way that I sort of got into the world of human design is I was uh, attending a workshop, and I think this was maybe towards the end of 2017, where I connected with one of the attendees who was speaking about human design as well as this thick book uh, called Gene Keys. And so that sort of, in a way, planted the seed in my mind then at a certain point, I also interviewed Chetan Parkin, who uh, speaks highly about human design, and he has his own book as well. And that was the other seed that was in my mind. But, you know, I wasn't that all too serious about human design back then. You know, I'm sure you agree as well. The universe has ways to plant certain ideas in our mind, but maybe that's not the right time for it to germinate or manifest. And then for one reason or the other, last year, my mom sort of passed away from her physical existence. And that was, you know my soul sort of pushing me to say, you know what, there's something in human design that you really need to uh, discover more of. And when I got a report and I was like, you know what, these themes, these things, they make a lot of sense, at least in my life as a projector. And when I heard about your book and about you, I was like, let me try my best. Maybe she's busy. Maybe she's doing other things, but at least let me try to get her on our show. And that's why I'm so happy that you decided to say yes and come on our show. And welcome to our show, by the way. Delighted. <laughs> Delighted. Thank you very much. Amazing, amazing. So uh, before we dive into the nitty gritties and talk about human design, uh, I'm very curious about uh, you as an individual, as a creator, as an author. Mm -hmm. Where were you born and brought up? And what was your childhood like? I, uh, oh, way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> many, many more years than I'll admit yeah. to. <laughs> um, I was born in Washington, D.C., and I grew up in the D.C. suburbs and had uh, a lovely childhood. My father um, was Jewish and my mother was French, and uh, I was an only child and had a very nice upbringing, you know, no, no problems, but I never knew quite who I was or what I wanted to do. So uh, I went to college and I was a theater major and then I was a French major and then I got my MBA in, in France. So I was kind of all over the map. <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't know who I was or what I wanted to do. I ended up getting some great jobs in business and in government. Uh, I had a first I have a master's degree in public administration for government and then I have an MBA and I worked in the cellular telephone industry when it was just starting in the Washington DC area. And I was very successful there. I moved up in, uh, in the corporate world, uh, and I, but I burned out and I, I just, I felt like there was more that I could do and I wasn't quite in the right place. And I looked successful from the outside, mm -hmm. but inside I just felt kind of empty or broken or, or you know, it just wasn't working the way I thought it should. And, I didn't want to keep moving up the, the, the corporate ladder. That felt exhausting. Right. <laughs> so, so, I, so I was looking for alternatives and I always wanted to help people and I always was interested in health and wellness. So I was taking a health and wellness training certification program and we had access to 
um, on, um, not online, but teleclasses. This was way back when there were teleclasses. Right. It was before webinars. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and there was a teleclass about EFT, the emotional freedom techniques. Are you familiar with yeah. those? Well, uh, I knew a little bit about it, not much, but there were two people who were leading this teleclass, Brad Yates, who was very well known in, in that re arena, and a woman named Karen Curry. And there was something about the way Karen spoke about life and people and possibilities and the world. She just had a wisdom and a, a depth that I, I was amazed by. And she said she had a website, KarenCurry.com, which was really simple to remember. So I went to her website and I was looking around and there was a whole section on something called human design. And it had not even been mentioned in the teleclass. And uh, the more I read about it, the more fascinated I was. I went, God, this is really interesting. So I requested my chart uh, and it came and I looked at it and I thought, ooh, this is really ugly and weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it wasn't helpful at all. And there was a sort of generic report that came with it that really didn't tell me much either. And I was really busy at the time. My mom was in last stages of cancer. and. So I was busy. Um, mm. And after she passed, I then had some time to kind of catch back up on my life. And I went back to that email and I read through the report and I looked at the chart again, discovered I was a projector, read about projectors. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. That describes me. Right. I mean, that really resonated with me. And I thought how strange that this weird looking chart and this very generic brief description of a type could actually Feel like it fit me mm. so i i was really curious about it and so i had my partner's chart run and it turns out he's a projector and i thought that is really strange because <laughs> we're so different in so many ways how can he be the same type mm -hmm. but i had him read the little description yeah. and he said it it resonated with him it really explained a lot about his life mm -hmm. And then I had another chart run, a friend who was also a projector. And I thought, geez, everybody in this world, in my world, projectors. And, uh, and it fit her. So I thought, wow, there's something to this. And so I signed up for the training course. And um, within a month or two, I knew that there was nothing else in the world that I wanted to do mm. other than help people with this system. It was, it so profoundly altered my perception of myself. Right and my perception of others and the world and how things work. And it gave me answers that I'd been searching for my whole life. That is that is really fascinating. Now, a couple of questions from what you shared. I'm personally curious, how long were you in that telecom uh, company? And then would you be open to sharing what age were you when you finally had that, you know, clarity in terms of finding human design and getting clarity in your mm. soul's purpose? And the reason why I ask this, because I see a lot of themes from what you shared in my life as well. So I've done an MBA. Yeah. Okay. I worked at a telecom company. Mm -hmm. And okay. <laughs> I seem to have like this distilled clarity of getting into human design or learning about human design when my mom sort of, mm -hmm. you know, passed away physically as well. So it seems like there are certain <laughs> certain themes. Some parallels there, definitely. I've tried so many things in my life. Well, a lot of this hasn't worked. Mm -hmm. And some of, uh, some of right. them have worked or have provided me insight into what I should be doing in my life. So, so that's why that's the reason for my questioning. Um, I started working for Cellular One in Washington, Baltimore in 1984. Mm -hmm. And I worked there till 86. And then I worked for a startup company that was creating software for cellular telephone companies in the Boston area. 
So, and, and then I worked, then I was a partner in a small consulting firm, consulting to cellular telephone companies who were getting their license and getting started. And I did that through probably the early nineties. Yeah, and then I just started sort of drifting and floating, and I did um, I did Quicken and QuickBooks consulting, and I help people set up their accounting and that sort of thing, because mm. uh, I'm really good with details, which is in my chart, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then I just I was searching, you know, doing a lot of what I call bumping around, <laughs> trying to figure out what worked and what didn't work, right. and uh, eventually I was. I think I was in my early 50s mm. when I found human design. You know, that is such a uplifting kind of statement that you made there. Somebody in my Facebook group today told me, AJ, you know, I'm so lost in my life. I'm going from here to there. I'm sort of in my early 50s, I think she said. And I've still not found mm. my purpose. I'm living in California. It's really expensive. I'm doing a job that I don't mm. like. And I told her one thing, you know what? It's not about the age, you know, because you never know when you get that clarity. And I told her, find out what your human design is. And I told her, firstly, watch this episode that we're going to stream because it seems <laughs> so, you know, opportune that she has to watch this, right? So Stacy, if you are watching this right now, make sure that you listen because it's not about the age, right? What do you say? It's about when the universe decides uh, when to pass on that message for you and then you're like, oh, I've waited my whole life for this. Yes. What are your thoughts on that? Yes. <laughs> and, and, and when you're truly ready, you right. know, when, when, when the timing is right, it unfolds and, and it becomes available. So it's never too old. I have clients in their 70s and 80s yeah. and I have some who come and say, well, you know, I'm so old now. Does this will this really make a difference for me? And, and they all love learning about who they are and and it helps them with their next steps mm. and with understanding their life and how it unfolded and why. And it helps them with forgiveness of themselves and of others. And it just makes such a difference in the peace of feeling like you finally know who you are mm. at your deepest soul level. And, and you can then know whether you're on track or not. Mm -hmm. You know, the old saying of if you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. If you teach him to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Well, with human design, we teach people how to first know themselves and love themselves. And we'll come back to that because that's a really important theme. But very importantly, how to make decisions in a way that aligns with the natural energetic structure that you were born with. And when you're making decisions with that alignment, everything tends to fall into place and things get easier. You're not pushing a boulder up a hill every day. You're kind of going with the, you're going to shift metaphors. You're going downstream. You know, you don't have to paddle <laughs> upstream against the current. You can go downstream and let it carry you and, and not have to fight with it all the time. And it allows, it allows this unfolding and this natural um, evolution of our growth. Interesting. So for somebody who's new to human design, uh, could you provide an overview of what human design is and maybe what it draws from? Um, sure. Yeah, sure. It's a big topic, so it's kind of hard to do just a quick sure, overview. Sure, sure, sure. But it's 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 a it's a personality assessment system, but it's far, far more than that. It's a body of knowledge and wisdom that helps us to understand the energetic structure that we're born mm -hmm. with. And then how our energetic structure interfaces with others, you know, how to understand our relationship dynamics. And as I was saying, how to make decisions in a way that is in alignment with the truth of who we are. And um, it draws from several ancient systems of wisdom, including the chakra system 
and the, the Judaic Kabbalah, Tree of Life system, and the Chinese I Ching, and astrology. Mm -hmm. And human design is truly a synthesis in that it is not those systems sort of cobbled together. It draws from them, but creates its own very unique system. Right. And it also relates to modern quantum physics. Mm -hmm. So it kind of bridges the gap between ancient systems of wisdom and modern science and understanding. Yeah, that's very interesting. And I know that we have a wide variety of audience who listen to our podcast. Uh, some of them are mm -hmm. fairly well-versed with uh, some of the modalities out there, and some of them are very skeptical, as you might uh, uh, expect. In your life sure. and in human design, what was that epiphany for you uh, that made you say, you know what, there's something definitely to this? What uh, Do you remember? Was it about a particular theme or something that you read and you're like, this cannot be further true in my life, right? As you look back in your, in your life, what was that? <laughs> right. um, well, first, um, understanding about uh, invitation, okay. as I was describing in, in, my, uh, in my description uh, of first under learning about being a projector and then my partner being a projector and starting to think, hmm, there might be something to this. You know, and then looking at invitations and looking back at my life and as a projector yeah. type, the best way for us to be um, to be successful is to be invited into the big things in life, right. like career or job or major relationships, romantic relationships, or where you live. Mm -hmm. Major sort of life impacting choices. It really helps us as our type to be invited into things, which isn't an easy thing to navigate. Especially in, in today's life. world, right? right. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, and so, you know, that... As I looked back on my on my career, mm -hmm. I realized that all of the best jobs and best career moves I had made were always from an invitation, a personal, specific invitation. And I had never noticed that before. Right. You know, I'd never seen my past through that lens. And when I looked, I went, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. You know, and every time I tried to get a job my on my own. You know, I failed miserably, yeah, even yeah. though I had multiple master's degrees and had, you know, stellar credentials. I couldn't land a job to save my right. <laughs> myself. But when I was invited, I could step in and, and do my brilliance. And I was very successful when I was being invited. That, and that struck, that really struck me. It's like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The, that the, as you as you sort of share that it comes to my mind i re, i recall the invitations that i've had in my life especially certain jobs that i was invited to do and sometimes when i received that invitation i sort of second guessed myself you know like i'm not enough for it how come it's so easy that somebody mm -hmm. just invites me and i get this opportunity maybe there's something mm -hmm. like this imposter syndrome right do you think that happens mm -hmm. a lot with projectors mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yes, yes, of course. And it depends also on certain aspects within the chart. For example, you and I both have a, a gate energy in the chart that's called the number 48. Okay. That's the gate of depth and wisdom, which means you like to go deeply into things. 
the fear associated with that is the fear of being inadequate mm. or not ready. It's like, I don't know enough yet. I'm not skilled enough yet. I don't have enough experience. I don't have enough degrees. I don't have enough certificates. <laughs> I'm just not ready. Right, right, right. <laughs> and that could really hold us back. And knowing that about yourself can also help you move through that fear when it shows up because it's what we call a splenic fear which is an in the moment fear mm -hmm. and when you push through that you get to the other side and you go oh that wasn't so bad what was i so afraid of i knew way more than i thought i would you know we have this fear i don't know enough yet i'm not ready mm -hmm. and when we let that stop us then we're not moving forward mm -hmm. but when you know about yourself and your tendencies and the things that may stop you then you know what to look for and you know how to begin to deal with those in your life and move through them in a way that allows for the unfolding of your natural success. Right. Now, this episode is, is sort of like a party for projectors, so to speak. So if somebody's a projector <laughs> okay. and they've been waiting for that episode, then this is definitely it. But for everyone else, uh, could you give us an overview of the different types of uh, human design uh, there are and where might sure. somebody find themselves in this particular lifetime? <laughs> Mm -hmm. Okay, sure. So the best way, of course, is to get a chart created for yeah. you. And I, I have free charts and many others do as well. And the nice thing about a human design chart is that it is, it is from your birth date, time and place. And why that's important is that your chart isn't variable. Okay, so many personality assessment tools are based on answering questions. Right. And, and how you answer a question could depend on your mood or, you know, what you ate last night or if you didn't sleep well. Yeah. Or, you know, so it can vary the, the result that you get from whatever that personality test is. But with your birth data as the basis for creating your chart, it's it's it doesn't change. It's not variable. Right. And so it can be very uh, reliable in terms of that information. Mm. And every person on the planet is one of five types in human design and the largest of the types is called the generators mm. and generators have consistent energy they're not inexhaustible they can burn out but it's like they wake up with a full tank of gas in the morning and they're and, and they, what they need to do is burn that gas over the course of the day and go to bed with an empty tank and then they wake up the next morning with a full tank and off they go they have this, this sustainable life force and workforce energy. They're sort of the workforce of the world. And they're about 37, 38% of the population, give or take. And their decision-making process is to use their internal gut response. We call it a sacral response. And it actually has sound. And the sounds are uh-huh for yes or uh-uh for no. And so they're always responding to the world around them. They're like in this responsive dance with the world around them all the time. So they're always responding. What they want to do is bring that response up to their conscious awareness so that they can use it and learn to listen for and feel for and trust that gut response mm -hmm. of, uh-huh, yeah, that's good for me. That's right for me. That's aligned for me or, uh-uh, that doesn't feel right. So that's the generator types. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
The next type is the manifester. We'll talk about the manifester next. Manifester is a fairly small percentage of the population, around eight or nine percent. Okay. And their role is to get things started. They are the initiators in the world. They are the ones who get the ball rolling. They're not designed to do all the follow-up okay. work and all the implementation work. They're just designed to, to, to sort of to 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 spark the the initial action and then move on to the next thing. You know, they're they're ready. They're like the the ultimate serial entrepreneur. Okay. <laughs> you know, they're always starting something and then moving on and starting the next thing and the next okay. thing. Um, and and but they don't have that sustainable uh, energy, so they need to manage their energy. They have an open sacral center. Um, and their decision-making process is very different. Their decision-making process is to simply inform people what they're going to do before they do it and then go do it. Uh, they don't need to wait for anything external. Okay. Okay. The informing piece is important because people can get um, uncomfortable around manifestors because they can feel like the manifestor is kind of like a loose cannon. Like you never know what they're going to do next. Okay. And so by by informing people around them, it helps to smooth those relationships and have people not feel left out or feel left in the dust mm -hmm. as the as the manifestor takes off to go do something. Okay. So communication. <laughs> so communicate yes, well. Yes. And, and that's 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 tricky for them because they don't want to be interrupted. Mm. They have a, a, a creative groove that they follow okay. and they and they don't want to be they don't want to be told that it won't work or not to do okay. it you know they don't want to be interrupted so they don't like to inform because they don't want to give people an opportunity to try to stop them or give them an opinion that they don't mm. like but when they do inform it actually really helps to smooth their relationships and makes things flow better mm -hmm. the third type i want to talk about is a combination of those two it's a combination of the generator and the manifester and that type is called the manifesting generator. Okay. And it has characteristics of both types. So it has the sustainable life force and workforce energy of the generator. And it has that sacral response, that uh-huh, uh-uh response. And it has the manifesting capacity that the manifester has mm. of making things happen in the world. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds in a right. way. And they are designed to be super fast in how they interact with the world and how they process energy and move forward. And often they'll find that the world just doesn't move fast enough for them. And most people don't move fast enough for them. So they can be very um, frustrated and impatient mm. <laughs> in life, like nothing moves fast enough. And they're actually designed to skip steps. Okay and find the fastest way through things. And whenever I tell a manifesting generator that, they always laugh because they say, oh yeah, I do that. Oh. <laughs> it's like they, they, they can't help it. They're always skipping steps. Right. And if they have to go back and, and, and pick up the pieces, they do, but sometimes they don't. Mm. And they've successfully found the fastest way through things. Oh. And the manifesting generators are about 33% or so of the population. So still a large so when you population, significant. Lar okay. Yes, right. yes, exactly. So when you put the generators of 37% and the manifesting generators of 33% together, you have 70% mm. of the population has this defined sacral, consistent, sustainable energy. They're the workforce of the mm -hmm. world. So this 70% are really the ones here to move the mud, you know, to get things done. And they know what to do based on this sacral response. Right. You know, the sacral will guide them to what's right for them to do, what's correct for them. Now we come to the projectors, the fourth type. And projectors are around 20 to 21% of the population. And we have a very different role 
and a very different decision-making process. We are here to guide mm -hmm. others. We're here to guide their energy. We're here to manage energy. Not so much manage people, because people don't really like to be managed, even though it's sort of a natural instinct for projectors to try to manage right. people. And I don't mean manage like in the formal, you know, corporate sense, but just manage people in a day-to-day -day basis. Um, so that, uh, that often doesn't work very well because people don't like to be managed. Yeah. But we really are here to guide, not to do, not to do the doing, but to do the guiding. Mm -hmm. And that's very different. And that's not easy for us to navigate in this world because we need jobs and we need an income and we need to function in the world like other types. Mm -hmm. But we don't have that sustainable energy and we don't have the capacity to initiate things from nothing without an invitation. The invitation is what gives us a flow of energy that we can step into mm -hmm. so that we can do our brilliance without having to make it happen in the first right. place, which can drain our energy. So particularly projectors, we need to manage our energy so that we're not exhausting ourselves, trying to do a whole lot of stuff that isn't right for us. Mm -hmm. And our decision-making process is to be invited. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and that's for the big things. You know, sometimes in human design, if, if, if any of your listeners have, have read or learned a little bit about it, it may sometimes sound like projectors need to just sit on their hands and do nothing and wait for an invitation to drop in their yeah. laps, you know, out of, out of nowhere. And while that can happen, <laughs> It's not very empowering to feel like you can't do anything without an invitation. And so I am all about empowering my fellow projectors because we have an important role. You know, not only are we here to guide people on sort of a one on one basis, but we actually are holding the grid, the energy grid of the planet. And we're here to help usher in this huge transition and transformation in humanity where we're shifting paradigms from the old paradigm of lack and conflict and and um, and war and and you know just not having enough and competition and moving into a paradigm of love and abundance and caring and everybody having what they need mm. and you know having a beautiful life and we're we're moving into that then it's a rough transition anytime there's there's you know a big shift going on there's always going to be a transition and projectors are here in large part to help guide that transition to help to help mother that into being <laughs> and help shape it in a way so um that's why we're here. And then the fifth and the last uh, type is the reflector okay. type. And they are very rare. They're only about 1% of the population. And mm. they are here to give us feedback about what's working and what isn't. They are like, like a mirror for us. Mm -hmm. They are, sometimes we say they're like the canary in the coal mine, in that if things aren't going well, they'll be the first to feel it. They'll be the first to take that in and have it affect them. So they are sort of our early warning system if things aren't going well in a family or in a community or in a company. You know, they are the ones who are going to sort of exhibit the, the symptoms of things not working well early for us so that they give us that vital feedback to let us know, are we on track overall? How are we doing? You know, is there something off that we need to fix? And their decision-making process is to actually take an entire lunar cycle of 29 days to make a decision. Interesting. That's, that's, that's really interesting. And I loved uh, how you explained all of this as you were explaining it. 
uh, an action drive. If you're listening to this, try to figure out which type you fall under, or maybe you have a family friend, mm-hmm. or maybe a friend or somebody that you know might say, you know what, that person seems a lot like that type. Because as you was as you were mm-hmm. explaining it, what came to my mind was Steve Jobs definitely feels like he was maybe a manifester. I'm not sure if you looked into that, and a projector from your description felt like somebody who is uh, at the top of the mountain and is you know showing or guiding the leaders mm-hmm. of today in terms of mm-hmm. how they can be mm-hmm. better leaders not managing them per se but mm-hmm. almost like a ceo whisperer you know somebody who yeah. you know ceo is <laughs> a person a who's right <laughs> <laughs> that would be an ideal role for a projector. That's, that's what I'm trying to do as well, you know. And um, it's crazy. I had one of my clients reach out to me who actually is a Hollywood director. And I'm, the role that I played in this case was, um, you know, someone like that. He was going through a lot of stress, a lot of challenges because there was an upcoming big movie. And I was just helping mm-hmm. him relax and do some breathwork sessions, mm-hmm. visiting his home. Mm-hmm. And he told mm-hmm. me that it made a big difference, right? And so mm-hmm. uh, the last one, the reflectors definitely feel like oracles of the ancient times mm-hmm. that they would come out of nowhere mm-hmm. or manifest mm-hmm. and say, mm-hmm. this is going mm-hmm. right or this mm-hmm. is not going right. And mm-hmm. then they would take their own time mm-hmm. to sort of get back to right. the king or the queen or whatever, right? So mm-hmm. love the descriptions. Yeah. Good, 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 good descriptions. I don't recall um, the type of... Um, uh, who did Steve you Jobs. say? Um, Steve yeah. Jobs. Yes. I, I think he was a generator, okay. but I'm not sure. He had that sustainable energy. But I did want to give you a couple of examples of projectors, of famous projectors. Um, President Obama, former President Obama, okay. is a projector. And, you know, leader of a country is kind of an interesting job for a projector. Mm-hmm you know, really doing the leading, not doing all the doing, right. but, you know, having people around who do the doing and being the guide, you know, sort of setting the tone, setting the policy, setting the direction and, and having others do it. Another very famous projector, Steven Spielberg, mm. who guides and directs films, movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He's been very prolific. Um, and Abraham Lincoln mm. was a projector. You know, what a huge impact he had not only on our country, but on the whole planet, really, um, with abolishing slavery and, uh, and, you know, going against the, the, the the pressures that, that were uh, on him at the time to, to allow slavery. And he, he said no. Mm -hmm. Um, And he made a huge impact. Now, another person that I think you mentioned in your book as well, who is a projector, if I'm not mistaken, is Dr. Wayne Dyer, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, what were some yes. themes? Because I know that the healing and wellness and spiritual community, at least in the West, is mm-hmm. um, you know loved his work and loved his books and loved the influence mm-hmm. that he left. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were some themes yes. from his life that you can say? You know what? He was a projector. Anything that comes to your mind? Um, just that he was immediately drawn to writing books as a way to guide people. Mm-hmm. You know, as projectors, our, our energy isn't isn't inexhaustible, mm-hmm. so we have to manage our energy. Yeah. And when we can leverage uh, our knowledge okay. and our wisdom and our energy by reaching a lot of people rather than working, we, we work ideally one-on-one mm-hmm. because of the nature of our aura. It's, it's a, it, we project into the other, and so we get an information back that helps us guide them. 
But when we can leverage our time and our energy, we can reach far more people and impact far more people rather than just one-on-one. And uh, by writing and, and publishing so many successful books and doing so many of the um, PBS specials, I mean, he reached so many people without having to do it all one-on-one. Mm. You know, I think that was a, a brilliant, brilliant projector strategy um, on his part. Right. Um, and he was always encouraging people to follow their own truth, to find their own inner inner authority, inner truth. And, uh, and, you know, he just, he inspired so many people and helped to guide people into a self-awareness that most people didn't have. And I think he was one of the fathers of sort of (laughs) self-awareness. Yeah, that's certainly for sure. And uh, I think in your your book, you mentioned that the key for success for projectors is to leverage these tools and systems Mm -hmm. and processes Mm -hmm. that are able to replicate themselves, so to speak, so that they are not so drained and, you know, working, you know, multiple like 10 to 12 hours, but then they are using what's what comes best to them to to provide that guidance and advice. It definitely makes sense. Right, right, right. And when we are in the right place at the right time, when we're invited and it feels good and we step into it, that provides us with energy, mm-hmm. that fills us with energy. If we're trying to force ourselves, and this is true for all types to a certain extent, but particularly for projectors, when we try to force ourselves to do something that doesn't feel okay. right, it drains our energy. That's true. You know, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we really want to do that. I also wanted to mention what you uh, said a, a few minutes ago about thinking about people in your life that you know, or or famous people, but also people in your life and trying to figure out what type they are, Mm -hmm. or even figuring out what type you you are yourself. Mm -hmm. It's good to listen to all those descriptions and see if one of them fits. But I want everyone to keep in mind that so often we we don't operate Uh, in correct alignment with the truth of who we are. We're often trying to be something else. So for projectors in particular, we're often trying to be a manifester or a manifesting generator because that's kind of what's expected. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's what, you know, that's what gets rewarded in mm-hmm. life. And that's, you know, what we what seems to be successful and what we're all aspiring to. And so I know many projectors who, you know, I look at them and think, oh, they're not a projector, they're a manifesting generator. And in fact, they are a projector, they're just trying to be a manifesting generator. We call that being your not self. Okay. When you're when you're operating in a way that is not true to you and that is not in alignment with you, and that can be exhausting to anyone when they're trying to be something that they're not. And the more we know ourselves, the more we can accept ourselves, mm-hmm. and the more we accept, we can respect and honor ourselves, and then finally love ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think in across the world we have a huge self-love problem Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know we just we're not taught to love ourselves we're not we're like it's almost like that's something bad Mm -hmm. it's like that's egotistical or something and and we don't have a respect for ourselves that allows us to be true and authentic and feel good about ourselves and feel confident and so human design can help so much with just and that's one of the early things that that helped me it's like oh I'm not broken. (laughs) Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm actually okay. You know, Uh I'm okay as who I am. I don't have to be anybody else. I don't have to fix myself. I'm not broken. I'm okay. And, and understanding that I am different and I'm designed to be different. And when I can operate 
according to my design, then I can be more successful and more at ease and more confident and more um, have a life that's more fulfilling rather than trying to push mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah, human design definitely seems to bring out the uniqueness of the individual or at least mm -hmm. encourage the person mm -hmm. to go embark on a journey of discovering what's unique about them, right? Because right. I can't tell right. you how, how many times I've felt like I'm too lazy, I'm too distracted, and I seem to have so many different passions that or projects that I want to embark on at the same time. But then, mm -hmm. like you pointed out, I have this limited supply of energy. Now I eat healthy. Right. I go, you know, I go to the gym. Mm -hmm. I do breath work, so I seem mm -hmm. to have mm -hmm. energy. But then I, yeah. you know, I have a limited supply of energy. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Right. So these themes definitely right. help yes. you, help to assure you that you are exactly where you need to be. Certain corrections can be taken right. to right. get you know more aligned with your particular type or your particular profile. Right. But then not everything is not wrong, and everyone's not the same, right? Yeah. Right. Right, exactly. And I think it's a it's a natural human tendency mm -hmm. to kind of assume that other people are like us. Right. And and oh, they're yeah. not. And the more we understand our differences and accept and embrace our differences, the more we can individuate, the more we can follow our own path and, right. and know that that's okay. And we don't have to fit in yeah. and be like others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's... And, and so, uh, you know, Firstly, thank you for before this interview requesting for my uh, my chart details, and hopefully we can sprinkle oh, yes. some of that. I wanted to talk about uh, mm -hmm. the profiles. Now I'm a, a projector mm -hmm. six two. Uh, maybe yes. if you can tell us what is a profile in the context of human design, maybe giving a glimpse into sure. what does six two entail, particularly. <laughs> sure, sure. Human design has many layers of information. And the top layer we usually start with is the type, because mm -hmm. that's sort of the broadest categories of different people and how they function. Right. And then after that, we usually look at profile. And profile is the personality style that you bring to your role. Mm -hmm. And your role as a projector is to guide, okay. is to be a guide. And the, and the personality style you bring, it has two numbers. There's a six first and then a two for you. There are 12 different profiles. Okay. And so yours is what we call a six two. And the first number is, a, is your conscious personality style. And this indicates that there are three distinct phases in your life and you're kind of aware of these phases. The first phase is from birth until around age 28 or 29. Mm -hmm. And that's the experimental phase. That's when you do a lot of bumping around and figuring out what works and what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we usually learn more from what doesn't work than what does yeah. work. So, <laughs> so it's a very important learning phase. And, and you learn by doing. Uh -huh. You learn by rolling up your sleeves and getting your hands dirty and actually doing and learning, uh, sort of being on the playing field learning. The second phase is called being on the roof. Mm -hmm. And that's from around age 29 until around age 50. And it's, it's like you sort of metaphorically pick up your feet and climb up onto your roof and you're still learning, but you're learning more from watching mm. what's going on in the playing field. You're not sort of down bumping around as much, doing as much experimenting as you did earlier. You're, you're maturing a little, you're learning, you're integrating. It's also a time for healing. Mm -hmm. 
because there's a lot of bruises and bumps <laughs> from doing all that bumping around <laughs> in the first phase. Right. So there's some healing involved. Um, and it can be a time to really focus on career or family mm -hmm. um, because you tend to be less distracted by the things that, that bothered you when you were younger. Mm -hmm. And it takes uh, five to seven years to go fully up on the roof. So around age 35, around where you are now, you're kind of finally kind of going fully up on the roof. Mm -hmm. And then around age 42, 43, you start to come off the roof. And gradually around age 50, you're fully off the roof. And then you enter into your third phase, which is called the role model phase. Wow. And that's where you integrate all that you've learned from the doing and from the observing and from the healing. And you become a role model just by being who you are. Okay. And people will look at you and go, oh, well, hey, AJ's got some things figured out. Let me watch him, see what I can learn from him. Right. Um, and so, so that's that's that final phase. Does that resonate for you? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, it certainly does um, does resonate. I, in my life, uh, as well as in my, um, you know, entrepreneurial journey, have tried a lot of different things, different projects, uh, learned a lot from uh, everything that I've experienced. And uh, yeah, it definitely seems like a phase and but but when is it not right the phase of uh you know nursing my wounds and uh, taking some time <laughs> to for healing but also a lot of observation yeah. maybe partly because i don't have that mm -hmm. much energy as before to try out different things uh, but a lot of mm -hmm. i feel especially at this point in my life uh, a lot of journaling a lot of reflecting mm -hmm. a lot of mm -hmm. getting nice. more clarity in my direction and also yeah so that, that so yeah. that definitely yeah. resonates in that sense for sure <laughs> yes yes it can be sort of an introspective time some people have described that being on the roof like being wrapped in cotton mm -hmm. sort of being a little insulated right. and and not not being as affected or distracted by by the things going on around mm -hmm. Um, let's move to the two, the, yep. the number two in your profile, the unconscious. And the two is the hermit. Mm -hmm. The hermit likes alone time. Yeah. And as projectors, we really need alone time anyway. Right. But so you have sort of a double whammy here <laughs> of, 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 of liking, liking alone yeah. time. But it, it's a very interesting energy because it's a bit of a vortex in that it draws people to you mm -hmm. who then call you out. Right. So it's correct for you to be a hermit and spend some alone time, but you also need to be called out. You know, having a hermit in your chart doesn't mean you're supposed to be alone all the mm -hmm. time. It means that there's kind of a built-in balance there for you between alone time and people time. Mm. And so it's good to allow yourself to be called out, but to make sure that you get enough alone time so that you feel um, in integrity with your own energy. Because as a projector, mm -hmm. we're usually taking in a lot of other people's energy. And you have a fairly open chart. Mm -hmm. The nine energy centers, you have five open. Okay. The, the open energy centers take in and amplify other people's energy. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of places in your chart where you're taking in and amplifying other people's energy. And at the end of the day, it's really important to release those energies so that you can return the integrity of your energetic structure to its normal state right. and then hopefully sleep well without having all these energies sort of bouncing around inside that you've carried and picked up from other people. Yeah, that resonates a lot. I mean, I think as society, in terms of where we are, um, whenever we go outside or go for a vacation or go for a picnic or go for a barbecue, we're always encouraged to do it together. Yeah. 
you know it's not mm-hmm. customary to just go by yourself right. out in the woods out right. on the beach right but whenever i do that i feel that i can draw a lot of energy inspiration from the sunshine from the waters from having my yes. you know barefoot on the grass or the sand it, it feels mm-hmm. like very rewarding and it feels yeah. like i receive a lot of wisdom i've been wanting to do a vision quest for the longest time you know like maybe spend the whole day mm-hmm out in nature just with my journal yes. do a lot of breath work mm-hmm. cold exposure and nice. you know so yeah that 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 theme also definitely resonates <laughs> that sounds wonderful <laughs> right 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 good sorry please were you saying something good no no go ahead yeah uh you know the other question i have is what are some things that i uh, as well as other projectors should be watching or watchful of that might be a drain mm-hmm. on our you know energy or time or resources just so that we can you know make progress so to speak um sure um so trying to push or force things to happen mm-hmm. will can be exhausting and will often we sort of push ourselves in the wrong direction mm-hmm. Um, and so if you feel like you're pushing, you feel like you're exhausted, especially if you're burned out, mm-hmm. the first job, the first thing you have to do is heal your burnout. Okay. Because if you try to push and make things happen despite being burned out, you're just going to further exhaust yourself. So taking that self-care, taking that, that time as much as you can, you know, also I'm a pragmatist, you know, we got to do what we got to do. And yeah. sometimes we don't have the luxury to, oh, I think I'll just take <laughs> two months off to heat to heal yeah. you know my, my burnout yeah. you know but do what you can do to ease and soothe and take care of yourself and replenish and nourish that which is depleted mm-hmm. and exhausted and that can mean it uh, surrounding yourself with people who love you and recognize right. you and honor you for who you are right. and those people who are you know combative and 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 uh, critical and all that Try to keep away from those people because right. that energy really doesn't support you. So, so really taking care of yourself is is number one. Mm. I feel that uh, a lot of our listeners, when they hear these things, it feels like they listen to this episode and this part of the episode mm-hmm. because they themselves are in that phase of their life. I feel a lot of people listening to this episode mm-hmm. right now are in a phase of their life or in a chapter of their life where they really need to take a few steps back and relax or detox Mm -hmm. or go for a retreat right and that can be so rewarding right when you come back into your work or your business you feel so much more charged up you feel much more connected with everything around you that can be very very useful clear clear. yeah yeah, yeah. and clear yes yes exactly well and learning about your own design can do some of that for you as well It gives you a sense of self-awareness mm-hmm. and a sense of um, compassion for yourself yeah. and allowing and forgiveness mm-hmm. and just just orientation. Um, a lot of projectors get accused of being lazy. You yeah. mentioned that earlier. Yeah. People call you lazy because our energy isn't like the other energy. I call myself lazy. You know, we Nobody's can't... called me lazy, but I'm my own <laughs> okay. biggest self-critic. <laughs> <laughs> exactly and so so you're doing that to yourself you, that 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 criticism yeah, yeah, yeah. that that uh, yeah yeah and so forgiving yourself and, and no, knowing that we're not lazy right. we can actually work harder yeah. than the manifesting generators okay. because we're taking in and amplifying that powerful energy right. but it's not ours consistently mm. and so we have energy peaks and energy drops mm-hmm. and so it's important for us to manage the energy and know that we can work really hard but then we need time off 
to rest and relax and recoup and, and renew mm -hmm. and nourish. But the, the generators and manifesting generators have this consistent energy where they can, they're like the Energizer Bunny. They can kind of keep going and going and going and going. Right. And when we try to keep up with yeah. them, we can exhaust ourselves. We just can't. That's, that's very true. Um, now, I know that invitation plays a huge and you know, key role for all of us projectors, right? Could you talk to us about the yes. characteristic and the nature of the invitation so that we can be more sure. watchful and, and cognizant of when yes. it arrives in our life? Yes, that, that's a great question because often we don't even recognize invitations when they happen. Yep. You know, if, if we're not tuned to, to listening for them or watching right. for them. And in this context, an invitation is specific and personal. Mm. It's AJ, would you like to come do this with okay. me or for me? It's specific, it's personal. Mm -hmm. Okay. And again, for projectors, we really need invitations only for the big things in life, not for everything. You don't need a, an invitation to do your laundry mm -hmm. or to go grocery shopping or, you know, just to take care of life or to have friends over. Yeah. You know, uh, sometimes in human design, it can sound like, oh, we're not supposed to do anything without an invitation. That's not true at all. And that's really where I want to empower projectors to, to take action that feels aligned, not saying don't, I'm saying don't push but allow unfolding and, and go with what feels correct. And there's, there's also within the chart something called the authority, which is how each person is designed to use their decision-making strategy. Mm -hmm. So for example, your authority is emotional. Yeah. It means that your emotional center is defined and you have emotional ups and downs mm -hmm. like a wave. Mm -hmm. And the kind of wave you have tends to be the high highs and the low lows. Sometimes you're really high, sometimes you're really low. And your decision-making process is affected by that emotional wave. Mm -hmm. So for you to make correct decisions for yourself, you need to wait through your emotional wave to see how you feel about something on different parts of your wave. When you're high on your wave, you know, an invitation may seem great. It's like, oh yeah, I want to do that. But wait a couple of days and you're low on your wave and you look at that same invitation and go, ooh, yuck, what was I thinking? I don't want to do that. Right. right. So for you to make a correct decision, you need to give yourself time mm -hmm. and, and move through that wave and feel your way through that decision. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're not designed for in the moment decisions, but a lot of people are. Mm -hmm. So understanding the specific way that you're designed to make your decisions is crucial. And it's really also important in a relationship. Mm -hmm. If one person's designed to make decisions quickly yeah. and the other person's designed to take their time, that can be a real source of friction unless and until they understand Right. That they each have a very different decision-making process. And then when they can respect each other's process, mm -hmm. it goes much better. It almost feels like a human design love language, right? Because if you can understand... In a way, yes, that's a right, good way to describe it. I like that, yes. Making decisions <laughs> uh -huh. of the other person, yes. then you can communicate yeah. better with them. Right. And you can be more em uh, right. empathetic with how they yes. are making the decision and where they're coming from. Because it definitely makes sense. Exactly. I've been really yearning to... Um, you know, check in with my emotions much more of late and mm -hmm. give a word mm -hmm. to the emotion of what I'm feeling. Is that sadness? Is mm -hmm. that happiness? Is mm -hmm. that indifference? Mm -hmm. Is that fatigue? Mm -hmm. Is that bitterness? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, what is that? Mm -hmm. Like, what am yeah. I feeling? And then just waiting mm -hmm. for it to flow, like experiencing it, not ignoring it, yes. right? And then, and then seeing yes. what, what it has to tell me, what, what message there is for me yes. on, on the journey. Beautiful. Yeah. 
Beautiful. And and I encourage everyone who is emotionally defined, which is about half of the population. Right. When you're low on your emotional wave, mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong. It doesn't need to be fixed. Yeah. It doesn't need to be medicated. <laughs> you know, it doesn't. <laughs> you you don't have to you know go on a witch hunt for you know what happened. Yeah. You know who who you know who 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 put me in this terrible yeah. mood. It's like it's just it's a natural cycle. Right. You know, and when you can embrace the entirety of the cycle, then you feel whole. Then you're not fighting yourself part of the time because. For emotionally defined people, especially those of us who are trying to be enlightened mm -hmm. and evolved, yeah. you know, we think, oh, we should be happy all the time. <laughs> yeah. But but half of the population is not designed to be happy all the time. Right. And it's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're low on your wave, it's okay. You don't need to be happy. You don't need to pretend to be happy. And you don't need to fight and claw your way back to happy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just be where, be where you are. Yeah. Be where you are. It's Fine. Right. And and when you allow that, you'll move more gracefully back up your emotional wave. You yep. know, what we resist persists. Yep. You know, when you dig your heels and you go, no, I don't want to feel this way. I'm not supposed to feel this way. We kind of lock it yeah. in and make it make it worse. Yeah. Right. But when you can embrace it, I, I know people who love being low on their emotional wave because that's when they're at their most creative. That's true. Some of the most uh, creative so, uh, authors and writers and uh, painters were at their creative mm -hmm. highs when they were like depressed and low, right? And which was bad for their health, yes. but good for the art. Right. It's weird. Right. 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 Well, and and you know, if it can just be sort of melancholy as opposed right. to depressed. Melancholy. You know, <laughs> then, I love the yeah, word. Melancholy is often how we how we describe being low on the wave. And when you're low on your wave, it can be a good time to you know take a nap, read a book, mm. uh, you know, go for a walk, just sort of you know spend some alone time. It's a good time for introspection, for journaling, um, and for doing creative work. I love the word but melancholy. When you embrace the entirety. Melancholy. Yeah, melancholy. Melancholy. Uh, isn't how do you describe is is it like in like sadness or it, yeah it's it's a sadness it's sort of a wistfulness it's uh you know yes right it's just not not upbeat, not upbeat yeah but just kind of yeah it's kind of kind of low um and th there's um something i wanted to share with you about your chart and maybe this will yeah. help is when you um so we talked about your emotional center yeah has the emotional yeah. waves, okay? You also have a defined center called the root center, which is our center for adrenaline energy. Yeah. And it has a pulse. It'll pulse on and pulse off. Mm -hmm. When your pulse is on, it gives you turbo boost energy. Right. It's like, oh, wow, I've got energy. I want to do this. I want to do that. And when your pulse is off, mm -hmm. you'll feel it. Right. It's like, okay, I got no energy. No. And oh, as much as possible, it's really useful to obey your pulse. Mm -hmm. You know, as much as practical, obey your pulse. Don't try to force yourself to be active and do a lot of stuff if you're not feeling it. Right. You know, if you want, need some alone time. What can happen for you is you can be low on your wave and your pulse can be off. When those two things coincide, mm -hmm. you can feel like you're like, you know, flat on the pavement. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the like the wind you know, the wind disappeared from your sails right, right, right. <laughs> or you know and and you think what what hit me you know what happened yeah. and and there's nothing wrong again be where you are it's fine you you know your your mood will come up again your emotional wave will come up again your pulse will come on again and it's it's all fine it's just when those two right. combine at that low space you can really feel like you just got knocked over you know by a ton of bricks that's crazy because 
that happened to me just two weeks back. Um, I had a bad throat. I was like low energy, fully fatigued. I think I was like almost, I was sick. I didn't have fever, but it was a weird yeah. space to be in. And I just came home and I just sat on my sofa and I could not move. I had so mm-hmm. low energy, mm-hmm. almost like uh, I wouldn't I, m- melancholy, but also like a little bit stressed and depressed. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I told my dad, and my dad was like, "Get some medicine and things like that, right?" And that I think is mm-hmm. the knee-jerk reaction for a lot of people is to let's get better now so that we can get more right. work done. And sometimes right. in my mind, it was it was like I just need to wait this. I just need to uh, you know let my immune system. Uh, do its work but also like what can I learn from this and then I sat there you won't believe it but I had these visions of my mom and my grandmom and all my ancestors swirling around me like just downloading information into myself and I realized that I was doing something that was not in my purpose it was it was against my purpose i was trying to work against the natural tide so to speak that you speak about so eloquently going down the river i was working up and my body was like you know what that's not something you should spend too much of your time and so i I waited it i had really nice nutritious fruits and vegetables i had natural stuff like turmeric and pepper and and then slowly but surely i got my energy back i'm still recovering Mm-hmm. But I felt that that mm-hmm. message was so important, like you pointed out. And I listened to my yeah. body and I sat with it without needing to feel energetic all of a sudden. Yes. Good. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. That actually brings me to to talking about bitterness. Yeah. Is, that, is that something that we can talk about? Yeah, I was wanting to speak about uh, bitterness. But before that, I was hoping to get yeah. some insight into what can we projectors do while we wait for that invitation like because that seems like such a you know journey right. it, it can be a hard it can be hard and if we're waiting with impatience and and anger and bitterness and frustration then the right invitations won't come as easily okay. when we can wait in an empowered way mm-hmm. then we're inviting the invitations okay. and so while you wait the best thing you can do is follow your bliss okay do what you love, do what brings you joy, and also prepare for the invitations that you want. Mm-hmm. Hone your skills, you know, develop your abilities, study systems, be, be, develop your mastery mm-hmm. in something, because mastery is the best way for projectors to be recognized right. and invited. Mm-hmm. So mastering a system or systems, human design is a great thing. A lot of projectors study and use human design because it's a great system that allows them to help others. Right. Um, but that's that's a you know developing your skills and taking care of yourself. Right. And doing the things that you love that bring you joy. Because the more positive your energy, mm-hmm. the more you'll attract the positive energy to you. Right. When we slip into bitterness, we repel the invitations and, and energy. And bitterness is one of the potential themes for projectors when we're not following strategy, when we're not waiting for the invitations, when we're not allowing the energetic openings, when we're not trusting ourselves to know what feels right in moving forward, then we can slip into this, it's not fair, and, and down mm. into bitterness. 
and and bitterness is a very repelling energy. No one wants to invite someone who's bitter. Right. I mean, we all know somebody yeah. in life who just exudes bitterness, yeah. and you just don't want to be around that person. Right. So, you know, if as a projector you find yourself kind of sliding down that slippery slope into bitterness, the best thing to do is to try to ease your way up one baby step at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to go from way down to way up all at once, yeah. but ease yourself up and 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 try to think thoughts uh, that feel better, mm-hmm. that that are true, but that feel better. It's like, well, yeah, that person, you know, got upset with me because I tried to help them, but you know, I learned something from that process, and I think they learned something too. Right. And you know, next time I'll ask before I offer my advice because <laughs> it didn't seem to go well. Right. So, you know, so what can I learn from this experience right. and and take that forward? Right. So it seems like, you know, mastering yourself, mastering the field or the topic that you're trying to be a guide in, mastering the systems and mm-hmm. and, and uh, processes mm-hmm. so that you're not over leveraging yourself mm-hmm. into burnout, and honestly, just preparing for for that moment, that invitation or invitations, yes. right? Because, like they say, yes. it's better to not have an opportunity. And uh, wait, what was that? It, it, it's it's better to not have an opportunity and be prepared than to have that opportunity, which in this case is an invitation and not be prepared, right? Like Mm -hmm. somebody sends you an Mm -hmm. email, hey, are you ready? No, I'm not. I don't have the systems. I don't have the mastery. I don't have the leverage. That's that's a very, very uh, useful, I think, piece of wisdom that a lot of projectors listening can can take away. Mm -hmm. Yep, agreed. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, this untapped amount of energy or sustainable amount mm-hmm. of energy that generators seem to have, um, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. what's possible with this energy and what type of energy is this? Is this chi energy or what energy is this? Um, that's a great that's a great question. I think it could be equated to chi. Okay. We, we call it in, in human design, we call it life force okay. energy. Okay. Life and life force really encompasses all that is required for sustaining life. Okay and, and for, for the species to be sustainable. So it includes sex, it includes childbirth, it includes raising oh, children okay. safely to adulthood mm-hmm. and, and, and nourishing them and, and teaching them and giving them values and, and providing community and doing the work mm-hmm. that is required to bring in the resources and sustain the family and protect the family and take care of the community and, and its business and, and trade and, and, and agreements. It's all of that stuff all together. Okay, so that is... So where they thrive in these energy. areas. Yes, okay. yes, okay. exactly, exactly. And they can go. They can keep going and going and going. <laughs> you know, they're 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 really designed to have children yeah. and and businesses and be very busy mm-hmm. and and love what they do. You know, ideally they love what they do, which gives them energy. So it doesn't feel like they're working because they love what they do yeah. and they have the sustainable energy for doing it. Where right. the, the the rest of us, not what we call open sacral types, which is the projectors, Mm -hmm. the manifestors, and the reflectors, we're actually not designed to to have children. Mm. I mean, we can, and a lot of people do, of course, but we don't have that sustainable energy that makes it easier. Mm. So it it can be more tiring for us and more challenging for us. Right. Yeah, you definitely come across these people, right, that are doing like a very intense kind of job and they're working maybe 60 hours and you look at that and say how can you manage but they love it and they they're working and they're intense and 
maybe they have a lot of stress, but they they seem to really enjoy that those kind of jobs or that kind of career. Yes, if it's correct for them and it gives them energy, then then yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you see people who have full time jobs and families, and they volunteer and yeah. they do this and they do that, and they're it's like you know, and they do sports and they they're all over the yeah. place. Like wow, how do they do that? Um, and to them, it's just like. Full tank of gas. Here we go. Yeah. It makes me it makes me wonder. Hey, by the way, what's your chart? What's your date of birth? Tell me when exactly yeah. you were born. Which city? And they'll be like, Why the heck do you want to know? <laughs> so, uh, right. I think one of my strengths as a projector is is that you have the flexibility that most energy types lack, allowing you to maintain several interests and activities simultaneously. Mm-hmm. So. Would you agree to this? And would you say that this is a strength or a weakness? Because at one point you have the flexibility, yes, to maintain several passions, mm-hmm. but then that ends up draining mm-hmm. you, right? Because maybe you spread yourself too thin. Right, it can, yes. Um, having multiple interests can be for any type, okay. really. Um, and uh, and there are certain things in your chart that really lend themselves to you having a lot of different interests and a lot of different things that you want to to explore and and to learn about and um, and yes if you're spreading yourself too thin you you can exhaust yourself mm-hmm. um, so you want to be selective mm-hmm. and the way to be selective is by using type and strategy okay you know and and your authority you know it, it was it were you invited into it or was there at least an energetic opening that you could step into where it's felt like things were falling into place and, and flowing. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that will give you energy and that will, um, you know, allow you to, uh, to take advantage of what's possible. Got it. So for somebody listening, could you give us any other examples of, uh, authority for other energy types and how maybe that Mm -hmm. helps them make uh, a decision just to, you know, get some idea? Sure. Sure. That's great. So the, the, the most common authority is emotional, which we talked about waiting through your emotional wave to make decisions, taking your time. Um, another very common one is simply sacral authority. So it's, that's for manifesting generators and generators. Mm -hmm. If they're not defined emotionally, then they have just sacral energy and that uh uh uh-huh response, that gut response in the moment, that is their decision-making process. Mm -hmm. That is, you know, their 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 uh, their decision is in the moment. With that, um, those who have no defined sacral but have a defined spleen, like my defined my spleen center is defined, okay. and my authority is splenic. Okay. So your authority is emotional. My my authority is splenic. Okay. My emotional center is open. So I'm not. I don't have emotional waves, but I'm taking in and amplifying. Mm-hmm emotional energy from people like you who are defined, but I have a defined spleen, which is my authority and splenic authority is that intuitive hit Mm -hmm. that, that happens instantaneously. And that is about whether something is safe and healthy for me. Mm -hmm. Like the spleen is about, is about, um, survival. So the splenic in the splenic, um, energy wants to protect me and keep my immune system strong right. and safe and, and healthy. And so um, the that that awareness, it's like um, environmental awareness. I can tell if someone's lying. I can tell, you know, my splenic will, hit will be about whether something is safe for me. Is that a good deal? Can I safely walk down this street mm-hmm. in the dark? You know, so it tries to protect me. So that's a different kind of, of authority. There is ego-based authority 
which simply is is whether you know what you want or not and doing what you want. Right. There is self-based authority for projectors, which is whether something feels like it's aligned and truthful for them. Is this who I am? Mm -hmm. Is this who I want to be? And then projectors, we also have mental authority, which is... Um, it's also sometimes called no authority right. <laughs> because there's no there's nothing sort of external that, that we have that we wait for. Right. Um, but for them, they need to talk through their decisions mm -hmm. and hear themselves talk. It's not about getting uh, it's not about getting advice from other people. It's literally about hearing themselves talk about the issue and seeing what resonates as it comes out of their mouth. Mm -hmm. Because they're often not aware of how they feel about something until they articulate it. Mm -hmm. To someone else and then they hear it and then they can begin to get clarity about their own decision mm -hmm. very very interesting now uh, are there any things that a person who is intrigued with human design should watch out for like for example <clears throat> i almost feel like uh, maybe somebody might come across human design and say that hey you know what maybe what you read in the human design actually ends up influencing your life and taking you mm -hmm. down a mm -hmm. tunnel does, does does that does that make mm, sense? So, mm -hmm. is that true at all? Yes. Or would you say? Um, I mean, it, of course it can. You know, it depends on your mindset and and how you view yeah. it and and how you choose to use that information. Right. And some people object to human design and understandably because they think it, that it's just labeling. Yeah. It just kind of pigeonholes people and kind of limits them. It's that's like, what I was it's looking like, for. Oh, I'm this type, and that's all I can yeah. do. And what I found to be true for me and for thousands of clients yeah. is that it's actually liberating to understand how you're wired mm -hmm. and how you can best function. Mm -hmm. So rather than it being limiting, it's, it, it, it gives us more opportunities and more freedom to do what works and do less of what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's all about prag, prag, being pragmatic and testing. Right. It's like even the originator of this system, who said, "Test everything. Test everything. Don't take my word for oh, it. Yeah. This, this, this isn't this isn't dogma. This isn't a belief system. Yeah. This is a practical set of knowledge and information and awareness. Mm -hmm. And try it and see how it works for you. Mm -hmm. You know. So always be experimenting. He said, "Life is an experiment. Right. You know, just you, you won't know till you try. So so trying." Um, will confirm things for you right. and and for most people the more they learn about them about human design and about their themselves in their own chart mm. the more it resonates and the more it gives them insight yeah. and more control isn't quite the word but more sort of agency in moving through their life in a way that is in alignment mm -hmm. rather than doing all the stumbling and bumping around and trying to figure out oh that didn't work that didn't right. work now we have kind of a blueprint mm -hmm. that says okay here's how it's designed to work for you try this path mm -hmm. and see how it goes mm -hmm. and most of the time they go wow that was great i'm gonna do more of this <laughs> because that works <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely love the experimental approach and, you know, trying small things out and seeing if it works for you and seeing what comes through uh, out of this. I, I wanted to ask you, um, in terms of the factors that go into determining what type a person is, isn't there some correlation between mm -hmm. neutrinos emitted by the, by the sun or there's a there's a particle that's emitted by the sun? Yes, Whoa. yes, the, neut the neutrino streams... Right. 
through the entire universe. Okay. So they come from our sun, but they come from stars and, and everything yeah. else. And when they pass through the different planets, okay. they pick up the energy of the planet. And when the, en when the planet is in a particular location, mm -hmm. that energy affects us in certain ways, depending on the gates. So, you know, in, in astrology, there are 12 signs, yeah. right? And the sun moves through all 12 signs over the course of a year. Yeah. Well, in human design, instead of 12 signs, we have 64 gates. Okay. And the sun moves through all 64 gates over the course of a year. Mm -hmm. So it's similar in concept, but the 64 gates give us a lot more specificity, a lot more detail than the 12 signs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, this is definitely right. a lot of fodder for people who are listening and, uh, you know, really curious and interested right. about human design. Right. Um, right. Now, you know, one of the themes um, that you've sort of very well explained early on, earlier on in our discussion uh, was that, uh, you know, by 18 or, or something, you're, you know, trying to achieve uh, or trying to try out different things, different projects, uh, have these experiences, have these learnings. And then by 30 or so, you know, you're complete with all of that learning and experiencing and you're sort of moving yourself, your way towards the roof so to speak, and you tend to withdraw mm -hmm. and you take a step back from the front line. That, that, that's just for the sixth line profile. For for for, that's not for everyone. Yeah. For, yeah. for my particular uh, profile. And right. then by the age of 50 right. and 51, uh, life will call you out again and serve your, to serve your life's mm -hmm. purpose. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, initially one would, one would feel like very uh, powerless. Would you say? in terms of what mm -hmm. would a person do between the ages of 30 to 50? Cause that, cause it seems like <laughs> the time when they really, you know, fulfill or get an opportunity to fulfill their true mm -hmm. calling is at, at 50, right? Mm -hmm. what, what about uh, the 20 years between, between 30 to 50? <laughs> is that time for preparation? Is, like <laughs> it, That's a time for preparation. Okay. As I said earlier, that's a time for, um, for developing your career. Right for raising a family, for really being focused mm -hmm. and, and, and moving forward in life. It's after 50 that you really put it together into a new, let me see how I say this. The early part is, 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 is um, experimentation. Okay. And then that middle part is kind of a maturity. And then at around 50, you really step into wisdom. Okay. You really just step into the next level mm -hmm. where you're really putting it all together. So you're not waiting until you're 50 to fulfill who you yeah. are. Although oftentimes we don't fully master ourselves right. and our capacity and our potential until around then. Mm -hmm. But you can certainly be successful in your career, in your family, in your life right. and develop your mastery. Uh, in that in that on the roof period when you're not being right. distracted by other things. Yeah, I guess my impatience stems from my uh, societal conditioning to achieve a lot by the age of thirty or so, right? Because I right. think uh, right. you know, wherever you look on Facebook or LinkedIn or TikTok, especially on LinkedIn, you know, you have all these awards of thirty under thirty, twenty five mm -hmm. under twenty five, forty under forty, and then right. The whole society is lauding them as leaders, as creators, and that, which is great. But I think we're missing a, a, a piece of uh, from the ancient times when they would give so much respect um, and adulation towards the elders of the okay. village or the town or the city or the country yes. who would yes. have all that perspective 
and knowledge and wisdom right. that could then guide right. the entire cities, right? Would you feel that exactly. we exactly. have a problem in our society and we don't give too much um, respect to our elders who seem to have all the yes. wisdom to carry our our right. almost species forward? Right, right. They, they definitely have wisdom. And yes, we sadly don't tap into that right. nearly enough. We, we have and we have this um, adoration for youth right. and and energy mm. and new and uh, and and part of human design there's so much wisdom mm. baked into all of the information in human design yeah. uh, and some and some of it says you know as you embrace the new don't leave behind the old that still works mm. you know incorporate what works and bring it forward and don't be too quick to to throw it out right. you know if if it still works one of your chapters towards the end is uh, named Redefining Success, isn't mm -hmm. it? And so what is an invitation or what, what is your message for people who are following human design, maybe particularly projectors in terms of redefining mm -hmm. success? How should they reevaluate their understanding of success? What, what did you hope uh, to uh, you know, I, communicate through that? I love that question. Thank you for asking that question. <laughs> Um, the point that I really made in that chapter is that the way our society defines success yeah. works for some people, doesn't work for a lot of people, and mostly doesn't work for projectors mm. because we're not wired in the same way. And again, coming back to the generators, manifesting generators together, 70% of the population, they kind of set the tone. Mm. They kind of set the rules and the standards and 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 the rest of us don't fit mm. into those standards. We, we simply don't. And so my encouragement for projectors in particular is to redefine success on their own terms. Mm -hmm. What does success look like for you? It's not going to look like what it looks like for generators or manifesting generators. And it may not look like what it looks like for other projectors. So this is really a personal redefinition of what does that look like for me? What do I want for me? What do I want for my relationships? What do I want for my sense of fulfillment in life? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's not a big house and a big car. Maybe it's making a difference, you know, with one person a day. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's, you know, going down to the river and contemplating and that feels fulfilling. Right. You know, writing in your journal, you know, it doesn't have to look like it looks for others. It's really about making your unique individual mm -hmm. definition of what success looks like and feels like for me so that I can feel successful and not be measuring myself against others and feeling like I'm coming up short right, right, right. and then criticizing and, and beating myself up and forcing myself and pushing and, and doing all that nasty stuff that mm -hmm. <laughs> just exhausts us. When it comes to uh, money, are there any teams or relationships or connections that projectors need to be wary of? Are there any, because I know you, you, you've you written a lot about money and, and how it relates to, or how projectors relate to money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, money's a tough, a tough um, challenge, yep. especially for projectors, because we're not designed to work in the same way that the generators and manifesting generators and even manifestors can work in the world to to earn a living. So a lot of projectors can really struggle with money and with finding sustainable sources of income that are sustainable for them, 
energetically. Mm. Um, so, you know, when I was younger, yeah, I had, you know, I had not only the nine to five job, but I would work 50, 60 hours a week. And when I was younger, I could do that. And then after a while, it's like, oh, I'm not doing that anymore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My body just does not want to do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, and so I had to find more, more creative and more flexible ways to, to go about it. So for projectors, you know, any way you can to leverage what you know, mm -hmm. who you know, what you can do, and, and give yourself as much flexibility as you can. So a lot of consultants, a lot of um, counselors or, or, or coaches, you know, when you can set your own um, schedule to a large extent and gives you the flexibility to take some time off or you take a nap if you need to, um, and that you're not in that sort of nine to five grind that is sort of feels relentless to a projector whose energy isn't isn't always mm. at, at this a stable level, right. you know. So um, and it, try to be smart about money and um, and try to allow things to be easy. Mm. That's something that I love to tell projectors is if if you're struggling with something, try to close your eyes and imagine what it would look like and feel like if it were to unfold as easily and as as gracefully and as beautifully as possible and stay in that energy, stay in that vision without countering it, without saying, oh, but that'll never happen. And just allow it to, to flourish in your mind mm -hmm. and allow that to guide your action and, guide, and, and up level your energy as well mm -hmm. so that you then become more of an attractive force for the income and the opportunities that you want and that are a good fit for you. Amazing, amazing. So I can almost feel projectors who are listening to this episode right now feel a, a weight lift off their shoulders as they are invited to find their own path and not tread down the path that was uh, given to them. Um, encouraging them to right. leverage uh, processes and systems and uh, right. uh, tools that are very available online uh, these days and also right. invite right. them to find a career or a job where they can set their own schedule as opposed to having to right. determine somebody else, uh, you know, decide your schedule right. and also take a lot of time to rest and rejuvenate and work in cycles, right. not go, go, go right. all the right. time. Exactly. And and just knowing your projector can help you make wise choices. For example, if you have two job opportunities, uh, one that's physical labor right. and one that will allow you to be like a, a guide or a supervisor or manage, uh -huh. it's like go for the management rather than the physical labor, probably, because the physical labor is probably going to be really hard on your body, right. you know, and you won't be able to sustain it for very long. So just understanding some of those basics can help you make choices. Right that are going to be more sustainable for you longer term. Interesting, interesting. So what lies ahead for you in 2022, Evelyn? Uh, well, um, uh, the, my book has been doing really well. I am, I am um, doing the audio book version of my book. I'm reading my book okay. uh, into a microphone so that we can put that out. And I am a keynote speaker at the third International Human Design Conference in Colorado Springs in September, mm -hmm. which I'm very honored about. Yeah. And then I'm taking some time off. I'm taking a month and a half off, awesome. <laughs> which is, <laughs> which is amazing. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to, uh, we're visiting family and we're, we're going to tour around Colorado and visit some friends. And, you know, I had to build that into my schedule 
at the beginning of the year. Right. And we've been planning it. So it isn't because I know and most people, you know, if you don't build rest yeah. into your schedule early, yeah. it won't happen. It yeah. won't happen, especially as an entrepreneur, because then you get super, super busy. Right. So um, that's that's what's in store for me. Uh, for the rest cool. of the year. Sorry, I called you Evelyn. Um, I know your name is oh, Evelyn, but right. my mom's second name is Evelyn. Right. So I, you know, whenever I record an episode, <laughs> she always comes through. Uh, my guests also say, I can sense your mom is over here. <laughs> and she was my biggest fan. She used to comment on my YouTube channel, even though that was the only comment oh, I used sweet. to get, but she, she used to oh. be there. So sorry about that. Nice. Uh, that's quite all right. <laughs> but uh, for somebody who wants to learn more about you and maybe get your book, how mm-hmm. can they learn more about you? Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, you can visit my website, which is humandesignforsuccess.com. Humandesignforsuccess, F-O-R, just regular, humandesignforsuccess.com. And you can get your free chart. I have a free decision makers kit that comes with your chart. And I uh, have lots of free information on my blog there. And, um, and you can get my book, um, which is Becoming an Empowered Projector. And, uh, and I have courses. And of course, I do readings. I have a variety of different human design readings, which are very um, profound and enlightening for people. Amazing, amazing. We'll definitely have the link up in the show notes. And Evelyn, uh, I really enjoyed our conversation so far. I find that after doing about 580 episodes, you know, it's really about the energy. It's really about the resonance. And sometimes the resonance is not quite there. But today I felt it was really a resonance uh, between you and me. So I appreciate you uh, sharing what you did and sharing all your stories and themes and uh, everything about human design. And I feel that somebody who listens to this episode can be quite well acquainted uh, with what human design is overall, but also uh, Mm -hmm. encouraged uh, to learn more uh, about human design, especially if they are a projector, right. they can definitely get your book. Right. Uh, Action Tribe, if you right. enjoyed this episode, then make sure that you write us a review on iTunes or maybe Spotify because that really helps us grow, gives us some feedback, and also tells the platform that you enjoyed this episode. Tell a friend, tell a family member about our show. If you would like to join me on uh, a breathwork journey, I host these on Sunday mornings, 8.30 a.m. Pacific. Make sure you drop in. I'd love to connect with you, our listener. Go to my7chakras.com forward slash drop in. That's my7chakras.com forward slash drop in. I love to connect with all of our listeners who meet me on Sunday mornings for breathwork, mantra, music, and magic. Mm -hmm. So, Evelyn, thank you so much for being on our show, talking to us about the power and promise and magic of human design and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Thank you for listening to My 7 Chakras at My7Chakras.com. That is My S-E-V-E-N Chakras.com. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.